This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Gene, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, no, it's good. I can tell it's going to be a good one. We were kind of having some conversations before we hit record, and I already saw a flavor of what to expect. So um, with that said, I think uh, I do have the chance to ask you, because of the work that you do, uh, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? Yes. Please I tell do. me more. My father is from uh, Columbia, South America. Um, he came to the U.S. Um, uh, back in the 1960s and then went back to Columbia. And uh, he has been an entrepreneur his entire life. Um, so he was always telling me, don't work for anybody else if you don't work for yourself. So okay. a great role model I had there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just driven into you as early as possible. So then it's interesting because we were talking just before uh, before we hit record that part of your journey involves being involved in the military, right? So now I'm trying to reconcile both of these facts. One, that uh, there was a coming of age that was thoroughly encouraged to, to explore freedom and, and uh, an opportunity wherever you can find it. Was the military one of the first opportunities you could find? Yes. Yes. Um, I think right after high school, um, like many, uh, many young uh, professionals um, trying to find a way of how I was going to grow and, and pay for college. And a family member, the day after I graduated from high school, said to me, so what are your plans? Have you considered the military? And um, that's how it came about. I see. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then what, what ended up being the, the push for you to, because I imagine as you, as we can see, you didn't stay there, right? So you have this upbringing where your parents encouraged you, like if you can find a way, be an entrepreneur, work for yourself. And then you knew you needed resources to be able to get to a certain level. So you went into the military and you paid your dues, as mm -hmm. they say. Now, was it a long career or did you decide the, the, the chance you could get that you had seen enough and decided to go into finding something new to do? I always went into the military now with the idea of staying in, but to really get a GI Bill to, to go to college. Uh, and um, I was able to get my bachelor's and part of my master's while I was serving. And um, I kind of used that as a, as a launch to, to kind of figure out what I wanted to to do um, after um, after the military. So after the military, I ended up getting my master's and then pursuing 15 years in the energy industry as an energy trader. Wow. Okay. It's not often we get to talk to somebody in the energy industry. 
And this is interesting because you go in to learn. That's exactly what you do. You get all the degrees, right? All of them. And then you step into one of America's biggest exports in general, right? The idea, or at least biggest businesses is the energy business. And now you're running a company that's doing uh, development and cultural you know, organization, development, things of that nature. Try to walk me through that. What, what happened? How did you get from, from working in energy, which most people, once they're in there, they stay there. It's comfortable. So I've got to know what made you step away from that. Oh, wow. That's, so that's a loaded question. Um, so let me just, I want to go back to okay. where it started because I think it's going to, is to frame this um, Please. a little bit as I um, evolved through telling you the, the, uh, the journey. So I was born in, uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, went back to Columbia when I was two years old and came back when I was 15. Uh, my father had come to the U.S., went back to Columbia to buy his business. And uh, as you all know, back in the 80s, uh, just the political and economic instability of the country. So my father ended up sending me to the, to the United States. I remember being sent in on a Greyhound bus from LA to Valdosta, Georgia, when I was 15 years old. I went to three different high schools and ended up joining the military. Uh, after that, I, uh, after joining the military for a couple of years for active and for inactive, um, I ended up um, entering the, um, the energy industry and actually ended up marrying somebody who um, was also retired from the, um, from the military. Then we adopted a beautiful, beautiful little boy uh, back in 2010. So as I was, uh, you know, on the high of my, my career, me as an individual ended up kind of reassessing what it meant to be to, to have con uh, be content at work, but also to be available for my family. So that's kind of, that was the launch pad for, for me. And also I had, a, I had a leader that was probably not the best leader that I, that I could have. So that was an easy decision for me was I came home one day and um, I just said, I'm going to quit. And um, my husband was like, say, what? You're going to, what? <laughs> you're making six figures and you're just going to quit. I'm like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. And he says, well, you know, let's just do part-time, you know, just, just do part-time and see how you feel. I'm like, okay. I did that. And then three days later, I came home and said, well, so um, I just quit my job and I'm going to start a business. So that's where it all started. And um, my father uh, was my biggest pillar also from a point of view of, yes, you can do this. Um, not even two steps back to getting impulse. So that's kind of how this whole thing started. It was just a decision that I felt that I, I needed to make to, you know, to, to grow and provide for my family. Interesting. I, I love all of that and the dynamic that there's a leader that you were not willing to follow, which is an important aspect of any work that we're going to do in life. And as somebody who was in, who served as well, I can imagine you had a certain definition of leadership that you knew was a bare minimum and that wasn't happening there. So I, I, I have a lot of respect for the fact that that's the decision you made because I, 
I've been there myself many a time where I can't even believe this person is the leader, but you know, what are you going to do? Some people get ahead in life somehow. Uh, but I think this is also a perfect moment to transition over to letting Jason chime in because like you, he shares a, a, a career in military and leadership and what that means and just the opportunities that military can offer. I mean, I think he has a family history, so I want to turn it over to him and let him sort of add to what's happening here in the story before we go further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, obviously I have a special place in my heart to have another veterans on. So, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and you know, what's interesting on that leadership topic is, you know, I spent 23 years in the military and, and, and it wasn't all good leaders all the time either. Right. But, but the thing about it is, when you get used to like really that, that structured good leadership, you know, that camaraderie and all that. And then all of a sudden the next day it's gone. Cause that's how quick it happens. Right. Cause you, you exit from the military and it's gone. It's just history. Right. You're like literally pull the plug out of the wall and it ends that day. Um, it's a very weird feeling. And then you come into another organization if that's what you choose to do, which is not what I did, but, but that's what the majority do is they come into an organization and they instantly notice it's not the same, you know, because we get a little institutionalized how the military is. And we just think that it's going to be the same once we cross over. And whether it's corporate, working for another business, whatever the case may be, we think, oh, great. Well, I'm just going to unplug here and plug here. All good, right? And then it's not, <laughs> right? Because you're used to something totally different. The camaraderie, you're used to all these different things. And you can't find that anywhere other in the, anywhere else in the world unless you create it yourself. And that's exactly what you've done. You've created it yourself. That's what I did. I created it myself because I knew the grass was not going to be greener on the other side <laughs> for sure. So, you know, you know, good on you for making that, that leap of, uh, you know, cause no matter what you leader is a title respect is actually earned so there's a lot of people in the world that have the title of leader right but that doesn't mean they have the title that gives them the respect and that's two totally different things and you know it's like a lot of people said in the military you don't have to respect me but you got to respect my rank it's the worst saying ever <laughs> it's awful right um we should want everybody to respect us uh, just as basic human beings and people and never put that barrier in front as if somehow you're better than somebody else. We all have the same amount of quarts of blood. Right? <laughs> we all put the same pants on every day, same shirt on, same shirts on every day. And that's important to remember. Stay, keep that humility. You know, no matter where you are. 
uh, there you go. And so coming back to the narrative, so what makes this the most interesting to me is that you not only saw that and did your best to compromise with your husband and not leave immediately, but the, the, the decision was made a long time ago. And when the time was finally right, you built a company that solves that very issue. That very issue. Now, talk to me about that. Was that on purpose? Was that the original intention? Or did you somehow just find yourself doing that? That was the original intent. I spent a lot of years doing diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I really wanted to create um, an environment where people feel valued and respected. And I wanted to help people work better together. Did that happen overnight? Uh, no, um, because it, I know what I wanted to do, but it just took a great team that I have today for that mission, vision, and dream to materialize. Um, and that's what we have today. Um, but for me, it was really important to create a, uh, a place where people felt value and respected. And um, I don't compromise with that. There's a lot of, yeah, I respect that. I can see that. There's a, there's a clear vision that you had and you, you knew you needed the right team. And most people, like Osseus, even including myself, aren't always willing to go out there and admit that they need a team, right? Some people, especially some entrepreneurs who are so hard-headed, they think that they're the ones, again, coming back to bad leadership, right? Uh, it's a, it's a, a clear sign of bad leadership thinking you're the one that's about to make it all happen. <laughs> so for me, what was it like to to find the team that you needed? How did you have a criteria? Because I imagine this goes into the work that you do and being able to look at an organization's uh, current team and how they're all supposed to be playing nice together. I imagine sometimes that involves replacing people. Sometimes that involves including people. Uh, so for you yourself, you had to figure out the process. What was that like? So we have been in business since 2014, and um, it has been it has been a journey. It didn't happen overnight. It took us a while to get there. But I think for the most part is um, people understanding that I always have their back. To me, that's not negotiable. That means that I expect um, respect within the team, but also the same thing from our customers. And we have some really high standards for that. So getting to that point of having this great team, when we hire anybody in the company to come and work for us, um, I give them an, inter uh, an opportunity to interview our employees as part of the interview process because I want to make sure that is a mutual match that they want to work with us, but we also want to work with them. And, um, but I'll tell you what, it, it has been one of the most difficult things that I have done as a leader is to try to get that team. But really, I think creating the psychological safety in our work environment where they can disagree with me. They can call me on it. I have team members where they have told me, Gene, what you're saying today, what you're doing today doesn't align with the mission of helping people work better together. You might want to rethink that. 
that's powerful because yeah. most leaders won't sit there and say, oh, okay, <laughs> tell me more. You know, I'm like, tell me more. But most leaders, you know, um, especially if you have that attitude that I'm in charge and I'm the boss, they'll be like, oh, you know what? You disrespect me. You need to go. But yeah. for, our, for our team, I tell you what, it has been the psychological safety that we can create in the work environment and allowing my team to have input and to be part of the process of hiring people has been the most powerful thing for wow. me. Wow. Input breeds innovation. Yeah. It's Absolutely. crazy. One of the last jobs I ever had, the mantra for that CEO was, you know, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. No, he who has the gold makes the rules. I knew all I needed to know about that company. The minute I heard that, that's, wow. that's exactly, <laughs> you have no idea. I could wow. go on for days on that. And, and, and it's sad because the rest of the team, including the COO of that company were the exact people that that company needed to make it succeed. But from the very top, we had somebody who was a CEO who was originally a board member investor, the, the primary investor. And through a bad series of decisions, somehow someone who shouldn't have been in a leadership role found themselves in a leadership role instead of just, you're really good at moving money around, stay there. you know. And I imagine, are these the kinds of conversations you have with organizations about like, you don't need to be here? <laughs> you know, I have had several conversations with people who were just not a good fit for a company. They might be a good fit for somebody else. And um, there's one thing that people sometimes don't think about is the resume, right? That you can embellish the resume, but at the end of the day, people are going to find out, right? Oh, yeah. And and at that time, it's like you have to perform. If you don't perform, then the year's not a good, a good fit for uh, for the company. But I tell you, so there's something else that is very important for us as a company is that I created, I wanted to create a place where people felt value and respected and where there was psychological safety. The other piece of the company is that I always tell the team is that I didn't create TIVC to be stinking rich. I'm not interested in being, I know, however you want to define being rich, right? Or happy for me is being content. And I don't have, and I can say it loud and very proud, I don't, I, I don't aspire to be a 100-person company. I don't aspire to be a $20 million company, okay? Because for me, it's about following our mission and doing what we are supposed to do to making impact on people's lives at work. If that happens if, if, if as a result of doing a work, we get to be the 20 something, a hundred, that's fine. But I'm not looking for that. That does not the motivation of our business. The motivation of the business is to help people work better together and to create a better work environment for people um, that where they want to come to work, where they feel that they are engaged in their psychological safety. So that's what we love to do. Yeah. No, I, I love it. You've got a triple, double bottom line. And anytime it turns into a single bottom line that is more aligned with the dollar, it's it's an it's a clear sign that you've fallen off track of the mission. And I love that you have that. 
it's hard to run a business that has a purpose. Uh, it really is because it's so easy to fall into focusing on revenue as a metric, which you need for operational right. cash flow. But that's not the end in itself. It's a means, right? And I, I just love the sense of purpose because if we go back to the beginning of your story, you said you had redefined what happiness meant to you just before you left that job. You said, oh, no, no. I know it's going to make me happy because I'm, I'm making plenty of money, at least like what I need. And I'm not even bearing any of the risk as a business owner, right? So like, like I really have it made. All I have to do is show up. And then you looked at leadership and said, you know what? This is the exact problem I need to solve. Mm-hmm. And you went out. And here you are, and you're living proof of it. So TIVC, as you call it. So where can people connect with you? Are you active on a social channel or is it better to go on a website? We are active in social media. Um, so we can follow us by uh, going to Consulting, uh, Consulting www.tiribatumconsulting.com. That's our website. We actually just revamped it. So we're really excited. Uh, with our missions and uh, exactly what we love to do. And then people can, you know, find me uh, in social media under Jeannie Banya's paint and, uh, or email me at info at com. Okay. Right on. And now there's, there's like two more questions I have to ask, even though I have a million others, but I know in the interest of time, we have to ask that. So I want to turn it over to Jason one more time before I start closing things out. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in, attaching the business to a cause, right? The minute you attach it to the cause, the money becomes irrelevant because you put so much good into the world, the money just takes care of itself, right? And, you know, the more good you do, and if you don't put this expectation on revenue, which you see so many entrepreneurs and young business owners, well, they ain't young business owners, seasoned business owners. They focus so much on revenue and not about leaving a few things, leaving a footprint and really just affecting people's lives in the best way possible. When you do those things in every single interaction that you have, right, in just life, period, right? The universe has a way of doing its own thing, right? So it, it happens. And I'm not a mindset guy and all that stuff. That's I'm not trying to get into that. But what I'm saying is, is things take care of themselves when we do the right thing. They just do, right? Because people see that. And when people see it, they see that you actually care. And it's not about, hey, uh, that deposit's a you know, it's a day late, right? <laughs> that kind of crap, right? It's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> screwed up there, right? No, instead of that approach, you know, it's, it's, it, everything is about approach, right? And most people don't do things ill-willed, right? So there again, we give grace. Grace is an important thing in life too, so you're doing great work. You're very aligned with my companies and the way we do things and how we operate. And uh, not that I would expect anything different from another veteran. So, <laughs> <laughs> For right sure. on. Well, with, with that said, uh, the, the two remaining questions, and I'm getting gear for this because I'm always excited about this. Uh, number one, if you could go back, knowing what you know now, 
to the Jane that was sitting there pondering, wow, do I really want to be here right now? Looking at that leader and you're like, oh, if I could throw a bagel. <laughs> it's okay. If I could throw a bagel at the back of the head of that damn person and to that moment specifically, if you could go back to that moment, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself? You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. This has been one of the toughest journeys that I have done in my entire life. But it has been so fulfilling. Wow. Yeah. Not being able to see my son with anything because mommy was at work. I have been able to pick him up from the school bus, go to football games. Um, I've just been able to build a team where I can be myself and I can be authentic and I can be vulnerable. And the same thing with my team. I'm doing something that with my team that is so powerful and that is helping and that is making an impact. So to me, that is success. So if I have to look back of uh, the legacy of TIVC of Chin Pain, I couldn't have done it with, with the help of an amazing husband, beautiful son, beautiful team. And so, no, I would not do anything, anything different. But if I didn't tell you that the first years, I shed a lot of tears and I cry a lot. And I often ask myself, was this the right decision? Having to sell all like my dream house, uh, leave our church, take money out of a 401k and all that stuff. Uh, I, I will be lying if I sat here and told you that it was not hard, but it has paid off. And, uh, and you see that I don't look back and say, well, the revenue and all that stuff, to me, that's irrelevant. Uh, I'm doing something that I love to do. And I have built a team that is amazing. So no, I wouldn't. I love it. I mean, this just goes uh, to the point Jason made a while back, a couple episodes ago. There hasn't been a single entrepreneur who has said they wish something would have happened differently. They might be like, oh, you know, don't be scared, things of that nature. But yeah, I love that. And what I loved most about the way you began that answer, it, it what, what I what I got from it immediately was like, you are a person who truly relishes the journey. And that's a lesson I myself need to really learn because uh, my reaction to obstacles is not the same. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> but I, I truly have learned from, from just the way you responded to things because I also was put on a, a, on a Greyhound when I was 14 years old. So I, I know that feeling. In fact, my wallet got stolen in El Paso with the money that I was sent away with. So there's a lot of things that you said that I was like, wow, I, I, re I can really relate to that. And uh, there's just so many valuable lessons in entrepreneurship driven with purpose in this conversation. So I'm really curious about your answer to this next question. And I'm just going to check in with Jason before we roll it out. What do you think? Let's roll it out. All right. So for a million points, right? <laughs> Let the brass sing. If you could have invited anybody to this conversation today to listen to what we talked about, maybe even contribute, who would you have loved to have had here and why? So there's, there's um, actually there are two people who I would, um, who I would invite. Um, I have, um, her name is Brittany, Brittany Chang. 
Um, she is uh, the, the CEO of, of, uh, of a company here and um, in the Virginia area. And um, she's an amazing, amazing CEO with an amazing story. Um, but also there's a person that works with, uh, with me, one of my colleagues. Um, she is uh, Veronica Lawrence and um, one of the um, female military veterans that achieved the highest rank in the Navy as a woman one off and she has a fantastic story. She's not an entrepreneur, but she sure supports the TIVC um, mission like she was the owner. So two people. Oh, wow. Hard choice. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure Jason has his thoughts on that. So I appreciate you sharing that. I love how personal those choices were, which just goes to show how, how you approach life. It really does come from a, like this matters and I'm living based on a vision, a mission, a purpose. And these are all personal to me. So again, mm -hmm. it just, it just makes sense. So now those are my closing thoughts. I'll turn it over to Jason. Yeah. You know what? Life is so short and my, my son said something to me yesterday. Uh, he said, dad, we're not, we're not here on this, this earth. Cause he watches a lot of science shows and stuff. Right. So he, sees the life cycle of animals and all this stuff. And he goes, you know what, dad, you got to drive life like you stole it. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting perspective, son. <laughs> but he's right. You know, you really have to, you got to get up every day and drive life like you stole it. Right. And, and just keep putting one foot in front of the next. You keep moving all the time. Never stop. So, and that's what you're doing and you're making a difference in people's lives. And, you know, at the end of the day, when we look back or look in the mirror, every night we go to sleep, as long as we can say, I help somebody today, to me, that's all that matters. And it could have been the simplest thing. It could have been buying, buying the guy behind you or gal behind you a cup of coffee in the Starbucks line. It could have been many, many things, right? So um, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for taking just a little slice of your day to come spend a little slice with our day and, uh, you know, keep doing good things. And I look forward to watching what you do next. Well, thank you for having me here today. Thank you for the great questions. Uh, you know, you're often as a business owner, you don't take time to reflect to celebrate success. And actually, that's one of the things that my team will say, Gene, take time to celebrate success. Let's just reflect. And so today you have done that for me to sit here and hear your, your kind and wonderful wor uh, words have made me just kind of sit here and uh, just reflect and say, wow, you know, we're doing something that we love to do. Yeah. We're doing something that's making a difference. Let's just press on. So th thank you for uh, for all your questions and I appreciate you having us today. Yeah, no, having my pleasure. Today. So much my pleasure. It was a great conversation and I'm glad that it was a recorded one because now many will benefit from the journey that you've lived. So thank you. Thank you. Cheers. All right, cheers. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.